on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're having a good time here as we are getting ready for the weekend ahead of sports. And there's a lot of great stuff happening this weekend, some crazy things happening today. And we've got it all for you right here over the next two hours of Sports Talk. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. And Mo, this this week, man, you said it earlier in that in, in our meeting earlier that we have been drinking from a fire hose. We have been week. drinking water from a fire hose all week long, and today is no exception. None at all. I mean, we had a run of show. We had, and then twenty minutes ago, we had to tweak our run of show. We blew it up, started over, basically. Yeah, no, that's you know that's just how it goes in sports talk. Course. But I'd rather have it happen at one forty than at. 420, which is typically our luck, right? And was earlier this week. So, so exactly. Yeah, and uh, and maybe again today. Who knows? It it may be. We we've not seen not seen a lot. There's we've not we've not seen the burn notice actually come out yet. So, anyway. so things seem to be moving in that direction, and I have questions. There are plenty of questions to ask. Here is what we have for you today for now. That's right. Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> we have Fisk University Gymnastics Coach Corinne Tarver. She's going to join us because they have a huge event coming up on Monday right here in Nashville. It is going to be super incredible. We're going to let her tell you all about it, and but we're excited to talk to Corinne and uh, talk about Fisk Gymnastics. We've also... Got some. We're, we're going to have some conversations about Kalen DeBoer to Alabama and the process that got us that here. Got us to this point, which we believe is the finality. Greg Byrne hopes it is. I, I think so, and I think that's where we're at. So we're going to talk about the process of Alabama and and you know what really kind of what it looked like from the outside and you know the, the thought processes we had the conversations we had it just seems really interesting so we're going to talk about that we're also going to of course talk to terry mccormick we've got your daily titans report there's a lot of nfl news that is that, that is going down coaching moves of course playoffs start tomorrow they'll playoffs. be they'll be happening saturday sunday monday and it's just going to be a lot to get to and of course we're going to talk to christopher gabriel about Kalen DeBoer. Obviously, Christopher has spent some time with Kalen DeBoer when he was in Fresno, head coach of the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, I don't know that we know anybody who can speak to Kalen DeBoer any better than Christopher Gabriel can. So we'll every now and then you get lucky. Bama fans, if you are interested in you know learning more about your likely new head coach, Stick tune around. in around 315 and we've got you covered. Or tune in now and stay. That's right. So all of that is coming your way in just a few moments, including a little Braves chatter here in just a second. So that's exciting. Is it Kalen DeBoer with a capital B? Or is it one more? I believe it's D-O capital B. It's not O. Uh, D-E, sorry. It's D-O in your tweet. (laughs) Yeah, I just fixed it. Anyway. Yeah. Capital B-O-E-R. Is it a space? Uh, no. 
It's no, one word. One yeah. word. One word. Two caps. There we go. With an E. Gotcha. All right. So there we go. We're, All of that. We're straight now. Coming your way just a moment. But before we do anything else, of course, it is Friday. And we have to tell you what happened yesterday. All of this weekend schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. The Blue Raider voice also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. All right. Girls basketball yesterday. Nolensville down Brentwood, 62-44. Clarksville, 65-15-20-63. over in Clarksville, Northeast. Columbia County, over 30, 53-52. over East Nashville. Trousdale County, that was Merrill High, 31-29. And Middle Tennessee Christian was a 71-34 winner over the School of Nashville. In boys basketball on Thursday night, Nolensville defeated Brentwood, 56-51. 56-51, Nolanville over Brentwood. Clarksville Academy with a 76-32 win over Clarksville Northeast. It was Columbia Academy 63, Fairview 46. Hillsborough with a 61-25 win over East Nashville. Clarksville County defeated Merrill Hyde 69-34. And University School of Nashville 66, Middle Tennessee Christian 43. Women's basketball action on Thursday night. Central Arkansas with a 66-61 win over Lipscomb. Luna. The University of North Alabama downed Austin P. 79-75. Vanderbilt's women moved to 16-1, 3-0 in conference play with a 95-73 win at at Kentucky. Was it at Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, former Blackman standout Ayanna Moore continued her tear. 37 points, four short of the single-game program record there. Also 3-0 in SEC play are the Lady Vols of the University of Tennessee following their 88-81 win over Florida at TBA at FCC. Men's basketball at the Glass House, Middle oh, no. Tennessee. No. Was that Florida? No. Hmm? I think that was at Florida. Maybe not. You may be right. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. Okay, it was. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. You know. Inside TBA at FCC, you said Yes, that. yes. Um, at the Glass House, men's basketball. Yeah. Middle Tennessee State drops a 60-52 to 52 decision to Louisiana Tech in Conference USA play. Tonight's schedule, doubleheaders, girls first, boys to follow. Six o'clock starts. Franklin Road Academy at Battleground Academy. Cane Ridge at home against Antioch. Donaldson Christian goes to Clarksville Academy. Kenwood's at Clarksville Northwest. Columbia Academy is at home against Providence. Christian Hampshire is at Cornersville. Ah. Hampshire's not at Cornersville. That game has been postponed due to extensive sickness, according to Hampshire Athletics Director Webb Williams. Extensive sickness. That's unfortunate. You know, everybody's got it right now. It's going around everywhere. So um, a makeup date has not been set at this point. Excess, okay. Excessive illness. There we go. Excessive yeah. illness, extensive sickness. Yeah. All the same. You get that. Yeah. I paraphrase. <laughs> Huntland's at Eagleville. Pope Preps at Innsworth. Ezel Harding's at home against Nashville Christian. Zion Christian is at FC Boyd Christian. CPA at Father Ryan. Franklin at home against Independence. That'll be a good one. 
Good Pasture at Friendship Christian Beach goes to Gallatin Greenbrier at home against White House. Cheatham County's at Harpeth. Hume Fog at home against Glencliff. Hunters Lane welcomes McGavick. East Robertson goes to Joe Burns. Hillsborough is at John Overton. Rossview's at Kirkwood. Laverne welcomes Lebanon. Westmoreland goes to Liberty Creek. Tennessee Heat's at Lighthouse Christian Antioch. And Summertown is at Loretta. Not there in the go. barn. Not in, not in the barn. First time in the new place. Should be interesting. I tell you what, them summertime folks gonna walk in and see them theater seats and lose their mind. Lose it. <laughs> also at six o'clock tonight, Lawson is at Maplewood. Giles County goes to Marshall County. Merrill Hyde hosts Knowledge Academies. Watertown is at Monterey. Mount Juliet takes on Green Hill from North Mount Juliet. Lewis County is at Mount Pleasant. Tullahoma goes to Murfreesboro Central. Lead Academy is at Portland. Page is at Ravenwood. East Nashville is at Republic. Riverdale hosts Blackman. Hendersonville goes to Rockvale. Richland is at Santa Fe in a matchup of two Associated Press top 10 boys teams. Oakland is at Siegel. Stewart's Creek goes to Smyrna. Springfield hosts Clarksville Northeast. Lincoln County is at Spring Hill. Macon County goes to Station Camp. Stratford hosts Whites Creek. Summit welcomes Centennial. Pearl Cone is at Sycamore. Martin Luther King goes to Valor Collegiate. Henry County is at West Creek. White House Heritage takes on visiting Trousdale County. Cookville is at Wilson Central. And at 6.30, Coffee County is at Columbia Central. On Saturday... Franklin Christian goes to Franklin Road Christian. That's not confusing. Um, <laughs> Franklin County is at Lawrence County in a game that was scheduled for tonight but has been pushed back due to weather concerns. Lead Academy is at Riverdale, and West Creek hosts Kirkwood. Girls basketball only tonight. Lipscomb Academy at Harpeth Hall at 5.30. St. Cecilia welcomes Brentwood Academy at 6. Saturday. Middle Tennessee Christians at Baylor. That's a 2 o'clock tip, assuming it's 1 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Eastern. Webb School is at Lebanon at 5.30. East Nashville is at St. Cecilia at 6. And Westmoreland is at Rock, or takes on Rockville. doesn't say at. So <laughs> Westmoreland and Rockville play somewhere at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Boys basketball. Mount Juliet Christian tonight is at Davidson Academy, or I guess this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Uh, Lipscomb Academy is at Montgomery Bell Academy tonight at 7.30. Tomorrow, station camps at Owensboro Catholic, Kentucky at noon. At 2, it's Good Pasture and Beach. Uh, Grace Franklin is at Webb School at 3.30 tomorrow. CPA goes to Butler County, Kentucky at 4. Brentwood Academy plays Blackman at 5 somewhere, as does Pope Prep and Hillsboro at 7. College basketball doubleheaders tonight. Dillard out of New Orleans comes to Fisk. That is a women's start at 5. Men around 7.30. On Saturday, Loyola, Loyola, <laughs> With a Loyola of New Orleans is at UT Southern, women at 12, men at 2. Lindenwood is at Tennessee State, women at 1, men at 3.30-ish. Campbellsville is at Cumberland, women at 1, men at 3. Um, Northwood is at Rebecca, also 1 and 3. And Southern University at New Orleans, as opposed to Southern University at Baton Rouge, I guess, is at Fisk. Those games are at two and four. Loyola and Southern just riding together, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> they could. Drop one off at 
in Pulaski. And that one keeps keep coming. Going. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Men's basketball tomorrow. Southeastern Conference matchup. Tennessee goes to Stigman Coliseum taking on the Bulldogs. That's an 11 o'clock hour time tip on ESPN2, 12 noon Eastern. 12 noon Central, Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. That game is on SEC Network, um, UT Georgia on ESPN2. Sorry. At 1, Belmont travels to Terre Haute, taking on Robbie Avila and the Sycamores of Indiana State. Again, 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. At 4 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, it's Austin P at Lipscomb. Should be a good one. And at 5 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, Sam Houston is at Middle Tennessee State. Women's basketball already final. Belmont 84, Evansville 40. Tomorrow, Austin P is at Central Arkansas. That's a one o'clock tip. At two, Middle Tennessee State is at Sam Houston, taking on the. What did we decide they were? Lady Bearcats. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. We found out, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. That's unfortunate. Didn't retain that. Let's come at North Alabama. That's a five o'clock tip on Sunday. Missouri comes to. The still red hot Commodore women at Memorial Gym. That's a noon start on ESPN Plus. Also at noon, also on ESPN Plus. Belmont's women are at Indiana State. And at 4 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Tennessee goes to College Station taking on Texas A&M. On the ice, the Predators are at Dallas tonight. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop on the NHL network. And quick turnaround, but at least they'll be coming home taking on the Islanders at Bridgestone Arena tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Valley Sports South. In the association, the Grizzlies at home for back-to-backs. Clippers tonight, Knicks tomorrow night. Both 7 o'clock starts, both on Valley Sports Southeast. That is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. They've got your daily, 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 daily. I said it right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Lunch special. So just, just said it so quickly. I didn't think I got it. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. The daily, daily lunch specials are delicious. Delicious daily, daily lunch specials. That was, I'm not going to lie. That's not <laughs> like deli, deli, but you did say it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> the delicious daily daily lunch that you can get at Piggly Wiggly at Neely's Mill Shopping mm. Center. Mm. Fresh hand cut meats, great produce. It's all really good. So make sure you go see the fine folks. There. Delicious. It, it is. It, it, it is delicious. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, D. <laughs> oh, man. We're excited about this because for the next eight years, the Atlanta Braves are in good hands. The hands of Alex Anthopoulos. What was his contract? Do we know? I don't know. But we know what it is. <laughs> we know what it is now. Yep. Goes through 2031. In AA, we trust and will continue to do so. And, I mean, it wasn't anything that I ever really was concerned about. But I guess it's comforting to know that he is contractually obligated to the Atlanta Braves for a pretty good while. Cannot tell you how relieving it is to know that 
the Braves will not have to worry about their general manager position until 2031, if not before that. And, you know, it has been incredible what Alex Anthopoulos has been able to do in one post copy with even some some strings tied around his waist. Absolutely. Around his waist, around his hands. Everywhere. Yeah, he was he was pretty well shackled coming out of the John Coppolello reign. And yet obviously the twenty twenty one trade deadline will loom forever. Let me ask you something. I thought about this a couple of weeks ago for some reason. Duvall, Peterson, Solaire were all those shift on the fly moves that were made in 2021 that keyed that World Series championship season. Which one was most important? Because they all get talked about in concert. Duvall, Solaire, Peterson, which one would we not have won it without? Jock. Period. It, it was the attitude change. It was getting out of the business trip every single time you go out, Freddie, Freddie Freeman mentality. That pushed them over the edge. We just might be those. That's exactly what it was. I, That's fair. As and if you take Jock off that team, I think they're an NLCS, you know, seven game NLCS go, just like the year before in 2020. Again, I don't know that they get over the hump against the Dodgers without his mentality, without his confidence, the way that he, the swagger he brought to the team. I don't think Eddie Rosario does what he did in the NFC. That's right. It was Rosario, not Duvall. Duvall was earlier. Uh, Duvall? It was Rosario, Soler, and Peterson. Duvall was on the team. Yeah. So my bad. But Rosario doesn't be the NLCS without, you know, just that, you saw what happened to him post jock. I mean, he just didn't have the same swag. He didn't have the same demeanor. And and I think Solaire brought a little bit of that, but I think Solaire's was more uh, driven by performance than just strictly having that. I like to think of the major league. Mm-hmm. That's you know, <laughs> that's what I feel like Jock, Jock brought Brawl. to the team. Okay. And without that, I don't think they win the World Series. Okay. Now on the field, it was it was Jorge Soler because he tied the game, or did he hit the go ahead? He hit the go ahead. Get back with Dansby. Mm-hmm. He hit the home run that probably won the World Series in the third inning in in Houston. Uh, I mean, you know, and and he just, he filled that left. He he allowed us to not have to play Marcelo Zuna. And I think that was really the the key for them. So, yeah, on the field, probably Solaire, but overall, John. Here's the the question that I have. Mm -hmm. Who's the best general manager in Braves history?
You've got Sherholtz, Cox, Anthopoulos, Bill Lucas. I think it really, you know, with all due respect to Anthopoulos. You still think it's Sherholtz? I still think it's Sherholtz. I mean, until, until you win 14 straight division championships with Anthopoulos, I think it's Sherholtz. Just putting them in position on a yearly basis to play for a championship. I don't think that can be overstated. I think clearly a lot of people say, yeah, but you only won World, won World Series. But, you know, over 14 years, who else was in position to win the way the Braves were? Who was the GM that traded for John Smoltz? I believe that was Bobby Cobb. <clears throat> I, I don't know, and I think that, you know, um, Sherholtz is the one who signed, who was able to sign Maddox. He drafted Chipper, drafted Andrew, all of the, or I don't know if he drafted Andrew, if Andrew was an international signing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But signed Andrew Jones. Mm -hmm. He built the core of that team. And put them in a position which the Braves have now been in for about the same amount of time at this point. What, 91 to 98, the Braves were perennial World Series contenders? Mm -hmm. I mean, same since. Bobby Cox was the general manager. He came back mm -hmm. from Toronto in 86 and was in that role until returning to the field in 1990. The Smoltz trade was in August of 87. So. Look, I. I but think I think Sherholtz and, and Anthopolis are neck and neck. Maybe. I think it's close. I mean, look, I say what you I, I don't to. know that you can fully evaluate what Anthopolis has done Just until you. he's gone. And fortunately, that won't be it for at least another eight years. Okay. We have to give Copy some credit, though. We don't have Ronnie without Copy. We don't have Ozzy without Copy. I mean, certainly. I mean, we I'm, don't. We don't trade. I mean, Coppolella is the one who traded Shelby Miller that ended up in Dansby Swanson. I'm pretty sure that that was him in like what, sixteen? That was twenty sixteen. Might have been before that. Either way, I mean, I think Copy's the one who ended up getting the max. It was fifteen, it. December ninth, twenty fifteen, was when that trade was made. Okay, and that was the same year though that we that we got rid of Kimbrel, that ended up in Max Freed with BJ. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who the GM was that. Well, year. hang on, I'm gonna tell you. He was GM from 15 through 17. There you go. So, John Coppola built this team. Alex Anthopoulos has has retained this team. 
through great contract negotiation and trades that will put the Braves in a position to win for years to come. They're kind of intertwined a little bit. Coppola obviously doesn't get the credit that he may deserve because of the way he left. But which I still think is a little uh, there, there, there's a little there's a little of Danny and Tomlinson involved with Capolella. If yeah. you ain't cheating, you ain't yeah, trying. So, so I mean, but but yeah, I I feel like I feel like he he set the foundation and Alex built absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyway, pretty pumped mm -hmm. about Double A, not Arn Anderson. <laughs> in the A for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are scheduled to be joined by Corinne Tarver, uh, gymnastic coach at Fisk University. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day returns in a moment after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here with you on this weekend update edition, Friday edition of Main Street Sports Today. We are presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, live from the Lee Company studio. Mo, I'm really excited about this event coming up on Monday because, you know, gymnastics in Middle Tennessee is not as, you know, coming from Alabama where, you know, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. The University of Alabama for a long time in the Southeastern Conference, it's a big deal. But here in Middle Tennessee, it's not been a big deal. Well, it's going to be on Monday. It really is. Yeah. Um, Fisk will be hosting a meet at Vanderbilt University in which Brown University, Rutgers, William and Mary, Talladega College, and Iowa State will be competing. And all of those programs will be led by African-American women. And um, on a day where we, you know, recognize and, and commemorate Martin Luther King Jr., I think that's really a significant accomplishment, event. Um, Both. Yeah. And so to, to, get them all here. To, to discuss that with us is Fisk University gymnastics coach, Corinne Tarver. Coach, look like you're on a bus. Uh-oh. Oh, she's muted. Hank? Hank? Hey, yeah. We are. There yes. we go. <laughs> How there are you? Thank, you? thank you so much for having us on. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you for taking time. You are in Gainesville right now. Is that right? That is correct. We are headed to our first competition of the 2024 season at the University of Florida. Quick turnaround. A very quick turnaround. Yes, we'll be back on Saturday and competing on Monday. Tell us about this event Monday. How did that how did that come about? I know that um, you guys have not had a lot of opportunities to host. I think you had one over in Lebanon last year, and obviously there was a meet at Belmont that you all hosted. I was fortunate enough to be able to come down and, and watch that. But to put something together like this, how did this come about, and, and how proud are you of being able to do it? Uh, well, you know, it was a kind of a brainchild from started last year when we went to a competition at William & Mary and they announced and they had said how it was the first time two African-American female head coaches were on the floor at the same time. It had actually kind of been the second time uh, they were mistaken in that that statement, but it made me think, you know, that this is such a cool thing to have, you know, on the floor, head to head, African-American head coaches. So. I started thinking about at the time there were four head coaches, uh, female head coaches, and I thought, wouldn't that be great to do a meet that was just all African-American head coaches? So I approached the other coaches uh, from Rutgers and Brown and William and & Mary and, and said, hey, I have this idea. What do you think about it? And they jumped on it. And then Talladega hired um, their coach and then Iowa State. So I thought, well, if we're going to do this, we got to include everyone. So I contacted them as well. And they, too, just jumped on the opportunity and said, this is something that needs to be done. What I love about it is the 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 level of uh, of competition from from Talladega College, which 
you know, is certainly not at the level of Iowa State and Rutgers, and, and you know, and then you got Fisk, Brown, William and Mary. It just seems like it 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 brings together an opportunity for you know for some of these colleges who would never get to participate against teams from the Big Ten and Big Twelve to to get that opportunity, and that's a big deal. It kind of Sorry, the sound went out. Oh, there we go. So, uh, basically, my, my point is that, you know, the competition, the different levels of competition who will be represented, it's cool for those, for those, you know, gymnasts at Talladega to be able to compete against Iowa State, you know, and, and high level gymnastics program. Believe it or not, in sport gymnastics, um, it's pretty diverse in the sense that. A Division three school could be in a competition with a Division one school. We don't separate like they do in other sports like basketball or football. So it is actually not uncommon to find a competition that has the different types of levels. But I love that this competition has pretty much the full spectrum of types of schools. So you have an HBCU on like one end of a spectrum and then you have like an Ivy League on another end of a spectrum. They're just very, very different types of schools. So I love that we can bring them all together to make it, you know, that much better and, and to really just have all of them on the floor at the same time. How did Vanderbilt get involved in this? What, why was Vanderbilt the, the, the choice of uh, venue? Well, we have one of our administrators here at Fisk. Um, he, he used to work at Vanderbilt way back in the day. And so he contacted one of the um, the people he knew and I'm sorry it looks like you guys are disconnected we can hear we, we can hear you <laughs> and your GPS we got you coach I'm sorry well you guys okay we could have yeah, we, we can hear you fine Oh, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have stopped if I knew that. Sorry. Well, um, that's the okay. administrator here at Fisk who used to work at Vanderbilt, he contacted one of his people who were actually on the academic side, and they contacted uh, someone in athletics and explained what the meet was and what we were trying to do with it. And so once it got to the athletic director, Candace Lee, who I don't know if you know, oh, I'm sure you know, she's the only African-American head coach in the SEC, I mean, sorry, athletic director in the SEC. So she just was like yes we want you guys to host it here and they literally opened every resource they had to us they have given us help in every way imaginable and we are so appreciative of everything that they have done for us that's fantastic corinne tarver fisk gymnastics coach joining us here on main street sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint um she and her team will be in action Monday to three o'clock start over at Vanderbilt along with Brown, Rutgers, William and Mary, Talladega, and Iowa State. Coach, um, I'm I'm intrigued by that start time because I like I said, I was able to come to your meet over at Belmont last year against um, Greenville University and it felt like to me a fantastic turnout. I don't know what your um perception of it was but i'm wondering i know monday is a holiday what what are you what feedback are you getting to this point about you know what kind of turnout y'all are expected 
Uh, Texas ticket sales are actually pretty good. Uh, I think the uh, threat of the coming weather may be having mm. some people to hold off and mm. do a wait and see kind of situation because uh, we think a lot of people, is, if, it's, if it's something that is doable, are going to end up buying tickets at the door. So we're hoping to get at least 5,000 people in the stands. Uh, up to, uh, we've sold close to 2,500. No, actually, I'm not sure if we're but close to 3,000 tickets at this point in time. So it's fantastic. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, obviously, Morgan Price is back. Yes. Um, don't leave home without her, I don't guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never. <laughs> but besides Morgan, who are who are some other folks that you're excited to get on the floor in in this environment on Monday? Oh, we have so many. I mean, I don't I don't even know if I could name them all because we have uh, ten new incoming students this year between freshmen and transfers. So uh, we have a lot of new faces. We have a lot of the um, all the other faces are returning. So it's going to be exciting. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be new and old, a, a good mixture. So I think those of you that have watched the team last year will be very excited to see the ones coming back. As, and those who've never seen us before are just going to get some amazing gymnastics from Fisk University. Well, we're certainly looking forward to this event. And, of course, good luck against uh, Florida tonight. And be safe coming home. Look forward to seeing you uh, at Memorial Gymnasium on Monday. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks, Coach. That's Corinne Tarver, Fisk University gymnastics coach, and again, three o'clock. Three o'clock afternoon. Yeah, that um, it's pretty exciting. I, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the coolest things. It just uh, gymnastics is fun to watch. It it's tough if you. If you aren't used to it, just because, you know, stick and ball sports, obviously, you, you, you know when somebody scores, you know when somebody's doing well. This is so subjective. Yeah. And it relies on judges and that kind of thing. I mean, obviously. I mean, I'm just in you, all the whole time. You, like, you, how, pretty much. How, how, how did they do it? Mm, all, <laughs> all the whole time. Yes. How, how did you even think about it? Yeah. Let alone do it. <laughs> right, right. But. Um, obviously you can kind of tell when somebody messes up Yeah, and you can tell when somebody does something really great, Yeah, but it's, it's fun to watch. Like I said, I, I struggle with it because I don't necessarily know what the score is until somebody tells me. So that's, that's kind of, but, but the talent that's on display there is it's unbelievable. It's really remarkable. And if you've not been, but you would like to support this fledgling Fisk program, what is this, their second season? Second year. I mean, this would be a fantastic opportunity to do so, weather permitting. No, no. That, and that being the most important thing. So. Yeah. Be safe. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Alabama has, it, it appears that they have hired Kalen DeBoer, we've not seen a burn notice, but we have seen Chris Lowe, and Chris Lowe is usually right. So we're going to go he, with he that. He might be the closest thing to a blue box. Exactly. So we'll, we'll talk more about Alabama football right after this.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. It, it, it's pretty clear, you know, by all accounts at this point, other than Greg Byrne, that Alabama has its next head coach in Kalen DeBoer. We're going to talk more about Kalen DeBoer in a little bit when we talk with Christopher Gabriel, who has known DeBoer for a little while now and we'll get into some things that he dealt with Kalen dealt with throughout the year and how how him not having an extension at Washington came to be but before we get into that this Alabama coaching search has been very intriguing well, for one has been quick clearly Yes, but no. 
I mean, obviously time-wise, but I don't think it's been quick in. They've gotten a lot done in a short period of time. They've gotten a lot of notes. Well, but but, but, they, but they got them quickly. <laughs> well, and and I think that's inter I think that's interesting in and of itself. Nobody said, "Let me think about it." Of course, if they said, "Let me think about it," it was probably a no for Greg Bird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you you got to think about. We're good. We're good. We're good. We'll move on. <laughs> if it reminds me, when I was covering UT women's basketball one year, the November recruiting period, I was talking to Pat Summit and said now will you have anybody in april and she's like if they don't sign in november they ain't signing you know if 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 you're not coming now you ain't coming and then and it sounds like that might be what greg byrne may have said yeah i just you know I'm, understandably only one person was offered the job by greg byrne kaylin DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> that's the that's the facts. Jimmy Sexton, however, had plenty of conversations from the football offices at the Mount Moore Athletic Complex. No. That's amazing to me. He just set up shop. <laughs> well, well, I you mean, gonna hire somebody. I got now. Which one is it going to be? All right. Well, I got their numbers anyway. <laughs> let let me just, yeah, let me cut down on your work here. Greg wants to talk to you. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk to Greg Byrne? No? Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, but this, this is the, this is the interesting part. I said yesterday that Alabama was one of the only, it was a handful of programs who could poach a coach from a similar level program i don't know that washington is a similar fits level that, program but i think kaylin DeBoer fits the the level of coach that they were after in you know talking about sark kiffin norvell etc kiffin mm -hmm. where was he in this was he in this According to, and again, there's no video, there's no face in this video. Don't tell me he was seen in Tuscaloosa. There was a there was a video of a person that sounds like Lane Kiffin talking on a speakerphone to someone who sounds like Jimmy Sexton, denying the job, turning down the job, saying no. To the University of Alabama. Bad that's, timing that's interesting Kiffin. because it's bad timing for Kiffin with all the transfers. It it is, but does that does that matter? I think I think for you to have credibility going forward in the portal, it would be really hard for you to leave those guys. Who are you going to leave Alabama to go coach? That's 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 what you <laughs> that's what you tell the recruits. But I'm asking you, who are you going to leave? If if I leave Ole Miss to go to Alabama, who am I going to leave Alabama to go to for credibility 
in the portal to be a concern. I, I don't. I, I know that's exactly what you say, but it's Lane Kiffin. He's left. He's left places in the middle of the night before, and I know dream job, blah blah, all that. Lane Kiffin has a history, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. You still ain't answered my question. I understand what you're saying. I don't think there's a but you can't say that to me because I'm not a West Coast guy. I'm a Southeast Conference. <laughs> he ain't going back to the West Coast. He tried that once; it didn't work. I'm, but I mean, does he want to go to Washington? I don't know. Can't imagine he would. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, not, I'm not that. So I, Alabama is the spot, right? And, and that's what you tell recruits, and that's what he would tell recruits. And I get all of that, but boy, everybody else is going to be saying, "How do you know he, he might sign you now and leave tomorrow?" He's done it twice. I think more realistically, maybe he feels like he can beat Alabama and whoever their new coach is. So here's, here's Lane Kiffin's situation. Lane Kiffin's situation is, is very simple. How many times have we said it? You can go somewhere and be a guy, or you can stay somewhere and be the guy. And be the guy. And there ain't any statues of coaches on the campus at of the University of Mississippi. University of Mississippi. And I think being the guy, this will be a news flash. I think being the guy means something to link it. <laughs> I think that's why. I think that's why he stays at Ole Miss. He can now compete at the highest level at Ole Miss. He's got solid NIL backing. He's got the ability to, to win in the transfer portal. He has, Apparently. he has every resource he needs to be the most important person outside of Archie Manning in the history of Ole Miss. And that's a pretty big deal for a guy with an ego like Lane Kiffin's. I mean, that's just it. So that's what I that's why I think Lane Kiffin is not the guy. Okay. okay. I don't know why Steve Sarkeesian's not the guy. Uh I feel like Sark was probably the first person they called. You feel like Sark was probably the first person they called, even though Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night. I think I think they called Lanning. But I still think Sark was the first person they called. And the reason I say that is because of obviously his history with with Nick Saban and mm -hmm. his having just come off of a season where he beat Alabama. And rumors are that Sark and the PBT at Texas aren't really getting along very well. So, so this might have been a soft landing for Sark. could have what? been. What are they upset with him about? Be just because it's Texas and nothing is ever good enough. And, you know, I think that's that's their that's their problem. Nothing's ever gonna be good enough, no matter what I mean. Well they they need to get that fixed. Exactly. So Sark says, sorry guys, you know, any other time probably okay with it. Right now, I can't do it. 
And what is this? Do you think How long has he been at Texas? Three, two, two, three years? I think it's two. Think of course, DeBoer's only been in Washington for, for two, two years. I don't... Mike Norvell. I guess that doesn't matter it anymore. Doesn't. It doesn't. Well, I mean, now that now that players can can kind of get that free transfer and they don't really have to worry about, you know, they can go with you, you know, and you don't have to sit out, you know. So there's there's a lot of ways that 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 that, that helps coaches be able to to justify that. I'm surprised that Mike Norvell, if he was called, said no. I don't know that he was called. I don't know that he was even an option. He has certainly been mentioned heavily in the process. I don't I don't know either. Was DeBoer option three or four? Well, I mean, if it's if it's Lanning, Sarkeesian, Norvell, well, I Kiffin. Mean, I don't think it was I think Norvell. I don't think it was Norvell. I think I think DeBoer was before no Norvell. Then he's I don't know fourth. that, but that's what I'm thinking. I think Norvell was a last option on the list. I don't know that. I have no mm-hmm. that's just Sarkeesian just finished his third season okay. at Texas. Um so do we feel like Lanning? I think Lanning was offered. Well, offered as much as yeah. Sarkeesian, Kiffin, mm-hmm. Norvell, maybe. So DeBoer is your fourth or fifth choice, which is still a good choice. It's a great choice. It, as coaches will sometimes tell you, I don't care what choice I was because I was the right choice. And, and, you know, it's tough to argue with DeBoer if it plays out the way we certainly anticipate it will. But, you know, if you're Alabama, if you're Greg Byrne, you know, did you identify the wrong guys to start with? It doesn't matter. You just work in the process. Well, I mean, how does it, you how have does it to, go? You have to remember this. Two of those three guys they called only got the jobs they got because of the time they spent in Alabama. And they just so happened to get really good jobs. If Steve Sarkeesian had left Alabama's offensive coordinator position to go to Iowa State, he'd be the head coach at Alabama today. But he went to Texas. That's not a place you leave on your own most of the time. Which is all the more reason to leave on your own. (laughs) There's, there's that. You, you know, you can stay too long. Mm. We've said enough times on this show to mm. put on a sticker. <laughs> We've not done any stickers in a while. Might be time for one. Uh, and then, you know, Lane Kiffin again. I don't know that Ole Miss was a fantastic job when he took it, but he's made it. Right. He's made it a top ten, perennial top ten job. You know, with his recruiting ability, so you have to give him credit for that. Who was the third guy? Lanning. Lanning. I think Lanning is probably. I'm surprised Dan Lanning didn't take the job. After two years at Oregon. 
I'm surprised that he wants to coach in the Big Ten for whatever reason. <laughs> it's funny. Um, Other than uh, it's uh, going to be easier to win in the Big Ten than it is going to be to win in the SEC. In the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma, correct. I saw a tweet earlier about DeBoer looking up and, and realizing all the road trips Washington was going to have and realizing that Alabama doesn't travel outside of the central time zone for any of its road games and said, yes, please. I mean, that, and I think that's part of it. You know, you, you, you look at the, the difficulty of that schedule, not necessarily the, the teams on the schedule, but the travel that's involved with being in the big 10 is tough. And, and well, and folks are going to realize that. And how, how much sustained success can you have at Washington realistically? How much sustained success can you have at Washington when you're not in the Pac-10, which means, I mean, I guess you're going to play USC and UCLA, but. And Oregon. Probably you're only going to. unfortunate. But I mean, you're only going to play one of those. Uh, if you're at Washington, California and Southern California in particular has to be a part of your recruiting base. And being able to tell those kids that you're going to get back there is a big deal, I would think. And I don't know that that is quite as. But then you got to tell those California kids, oh, we're going to play four games in Michigan, uh, Piscataway, Happy Minnesota. And those California kids. Just FYI, it's going to be cold. cold. And, you know, I don't know. I I don't know how much sustained success you can have at Washington. It's cold there, by the way. (laughs) It's just a little different kind of cold. It's wet there, too. It is very wet there. So, I I mean, look, I I think Kalen DeBoer was a a fantastic choice uh, as far as football coaches go. I I don't know that he's going to be able to recruit at the level he's going to need to recruit in the Southeastern Conference, but as so many people have said, Nick Saban didn't have Southeastern ties when he came to LSU. I'm not saying Kalen DeBoer is as good a coach as Nick Saban. Well, but as you know, we talked we talked to Nabias Wilburn earlier this week who covered Auburn and saw the Brian Harson debacle. Former boy, Brian former Boise State coach Brian Harson. No, it's not. It's not Brian Harson. But I mean that where he's from and what his recruiting abilities are in a different part of the country than he has ever dealt with certainly has to be mentioned. He clearly had an answer for Greg Byrne when that question was brought up, didn't he? Apparently. We're going to talk more about Kalen DeBoer specifically when we talk with Christopher Gabriel here in about 15 minutes. But first, we're going to take a break. Terry McCormick is going to talk Titans right after this. Stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint returns in a moment.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now for your daily Titans update with Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, what's up, man? Well, it is your daily Titans update, and as always, powered by the good folks at Zen Sports. Uh, Titans coaching search and Mike Brable's job search. Uh, both kind of <laughs> hold the patterns, I would say, right now. And uh, Gerard Mayo uh, getting the uh, New England Patriots job kind of may have gummed up the works in Mike Vrabel's initial plans. I mean, there's still, I think, seven other jobs or six other jobs open. I don't think he's coming back to the Titans. But uh, that's going to be – Meet the be, new coach, same as the old coach. It's going to be interesting you know, to see if he lands know, somewhere, uh, you, know, you know, this offseason or if he winds up – Taking taking a year off, and uh, you know, before he gets back into the game, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this just a second. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mike, you made a mistake. We made we made a mistake. Can we figure something out? I mean, we're gonna be paying you anyway. You might as well work. Yeah, we'll, we'll even <laughs> give you a little bit of a raise just for your for your trouble. How's it? Um, <laughs> Terry. If Gerard Mayo was, in fact, the coach in waiting, contractually obligated to be the coach, should not have more people known that? You would think. Particularly Mike Brable. <laughs> Did that Partic- not come up? Particularly Brable, particularly some of the New England media who seemed to make it almost a foregone conclusion that Mike Brable was the leading candidate up there, even while he still was employed as the coach of the Tennessee Titans. And in fact, you know, if you believe the reporting that's out there and there's no reason to not believe it, uh, you know, part of Amy Adams Strunk's rub with Mike Brabel was that he was a little too chummy with uh, Robert Kraft when he was up there uh, getting the uh, induction into the Patriots Hall of Fame and with some of the reports up there that said he would be a, quote, home run hire for the Patriots if Bill Belichick were moved aside. So you would have thought, you know, and these are credible people. I mean, you know, Ben Volan, uh, Greg Bedard, some of these guys are pretty credible when it comes to their reporting most of the time. But, uh, you know, let's say they were way off base on this one, and, boy, they got picked off. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those where you don't even bother to dive back, right? Yeah. 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 You take off for second hoping there's a bad throw. You can beat the throw, <laughs> yeah. Um and and you know the, the Titan search is getting really interesting as well. Obviously folks are you know diving into the analytics of who's the best option and that sort of thing, but it, you know it really feels like now the Titans are the Titans are kind of slowing with the list of candidates. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, they're casting a fairly wide net, and uh, there'll probably be some other names added to this as teams are eliminated from the playoffs and whatnot. Now, I reached out to some media friends and acquaintances that I know in some of these areas. I reached out in Houston to get the, kind of the, the feeling there on Bobby Slowick. I reached out to Cincinnati to get the feeling on uh, Brian Callahan. And then I reached out to Detroit to get both Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, get you know a perspective on those two. And I'm about to put a story up on Titan Insider here in a little while that will just kind of tell you a little bit about those guys and what what their candidacy would involve. That's what we like to hear. We, we like to know that we've got something going coming up soon on TitanInsider.com. Yeah, this is this is certainly going to be a an intriguing offseason because it really feels like it's incredibly important for them to get this hire right. You can't be trying to put a new coach in place in two or three years when you're opening a stadium, right? No, you're you're exactly right. This is this is on multiple levels that they have to get this right. Because and and I'll give you the first you mentioned the stadium. That's obviously you want to be well on your way to being a strong contender by the time you get into there in 2027. Preferably, you want to be contending before that so that you can sell PSLs in the new stadium. So there's that. Second of all, this is Rand Carthon's first crack at hiring a head coach. Obviously, you know, he wants to he wants to get this right. He wants to show Amy Adams Strunk that she picked the right man for the job when she hired him last year. He is a little bit green. I think we all you know, know and recognize that first time he's been in this position, but this is a chance for him to really, you know, establish his roots here and be, you know, if he makes the right hire, be a guy who can be in place for this franchise for quite a while. And then lastly, and not certainly not least, is the fact that with a young quarterback, and yes, he went and had some uh, you know, different offenses in college, you know, two or three different times that he had to learn different offenses, obviously once transferring from Penn State to Kentucky. But you want to find somebody who's going to maximize Will Levis, take advantage of his skill set, and put the necessary pieces around him for him to succeed, for your coach to succeed, for your GM to succeed, and for this organization to succeed. So there's a lot on the line here with who they select to be their next head coach. And I'm not so sure on that last one where uh, talking about Levis and all in his development, I'm not so sure that you don't reach out, whoever the next head coach is, you don't reach out and maybe to a guy like Charles London, who was the quarterback's coach and Levis gave a lot of credit to in helping him develop. I'm not so sure you don't reach out to him and say, I'd like you to stay on and be part of my staff to help my quarterback with his continuity because he already he already knows you, you already know him, and you know what makes him tick. Or you hire a defensive coordinator for your next football coach, and you hire Liam Cohen as your next offensive coordinator. Wouldn't be a bad idea at all. That's that's a really legitimate option that you could see happen. That's and. Interesting option. I, I, I'm intrigued by it. 
do you want someone that that's tied? Do you want an OC and quarterback that tied together? If he's your franchise guy, you do. Because here's the thing. Liam Cohen is less likely to bolt for just the first job that opens if he's having success with Will Levis. His guy. Yeah. He he's back with the Rams. Is that correct? No, he's in Kentucky. He Kentucky no, he's in Kentucky. He's back. He went at Rams, Kentucky, back Kentucky, Kentucky, Rams, Kentucky. Did he go Rams? Okay. He was Rams twice. Yeah. Was he? Okay. <laughs> he was on now the is, Now the other question that I have on that, as far as a defensive guy that's close to Liam Cohen, how long has Raheem Morris been with the Rams? They've not yet asked for permission, although other teams have. Raheem Morris would be a guy that I would think, if he's been there for more than one year would know Liam Cohen very well. That's so it. he might be worth he might be worth bringing in for an interview for your head coaching job if you're thinking that Liam Cohen might be a good fit as your OC. Former Alabama Viper Liam Cohen according to his wiki um he was there in 21 which means that in 22 they were on the staff together Morris and Cohen. So there there's your connection right there. That's that's an option. That's interesting. That's that's. Okay. Uh, have the Titans interviewed Antonio Pierce? They're supposed to this weekend. Is okay. what uh, the reports are. They just finished the interview with Brian Callahan. Uh, that was today. So I'm presuming that Pierce would be either Saturday or Sunday. I'm I'm also intrigued by him. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too. I mean, the Raiders messed up the last time around when they did not keep Rich Bisacci, when the players really took to him and wanted him after he led them to the playoffs as an interim coach. And, you know, Mark Davis wanted to make the big splash, so he brought John Gruden back, and that was the end of that. Then when Gruden got, you know, sideways with the league over the emails and whatnot, he was gone. So then he goes to Josh McDaniel, who was a disaster. And then now Pierce was the interim coach, and he got that team to respond pretty well. It was a little too late to make a serious playoff push when he got the job, but he got them to respond pretty well. So if I'm the Raiders, if I'm Mark Davis, I don't know that I want to make the same mistake twice of letting a quality guy that my team has responded to just walk out the door. Yeah, man, I'm I'm telling you, I feel like this is this is going to be one of the most intriguing coaching searches in the NFL because I think one, I think the team is in a good position to hire a coach. I think people want, will want to coach here, mm -hmm. and you know, with the way that the the different way that they are going about it with Rand Carthon and, and analytics and that sort of thing. I think it could be an off the wall thing that we just, you know, we don't necessarily see coming. So I don't know. It, it's going to be wild. Looking forward it to really it. It really is. I'll ask you guys one point here and you tell me how much of a minus you think this is. Do you see the fact that since 2015, Amy Adams Strunk has, fired two general managers and three head coaches. How much of a minus is that if you're a co coaching candidate and you are choosing between the Titans and somebody else? 
Well, I one, don't, of, one of the coaches had to be fired. But you did fire a guy who went to the playoffs. And won a game. And won a game in the playoffs to hire somebody else who won coach of the year just to fire them two years later. I, I think that's that's certainly a point of consideration well, if you are But coach. is it, though? Because, again, she fired a guy who went to the playoffs and won a game, and the guy that she identified was coach of the year and was a number one seed. Yeah, and she fired him. It so, feels like it doesn't matter what you do, though, how, you know, that you don't have long. I don't know. I don't know that it doesn't matter what you do as much as we're all replaceable. Well, and, and if you buy into what she wants in her vision, if you if you are in line with Amy Adams Strunk's vision, I feel like you have a better opportunity to continue to reach that vision. And the only reason that Mike Vrabel was not the coach today is because their visions did not align. It appears. Yeah. yeah that's what it appears to be for sure. And so if that's the case, I think that's, that's an okay, that, that's a good enough reason to move on from Mike Vrabel as a Titans fan. And I think that's also a good enough reason if I'm a coaching prospect to understand, okay, well, why would I want to be here if my vision is not the same as the rest of the organization? It's not going to work for either of us. So I think that's okay. All right. All right. All right, Terry, we appreciate it as always. Tell us about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. 
witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here with you on this Friday edition. We are almost to the weekend. Almost. So close. And yet. And yet. <laughs> um, right now, though, we want to continue our conversation about Alabama's head football coach and Kalen DeBoer. We, Mo, are lucky enough to have contact with someone who has had contact with Kalen DeBoer over the years and knows him as well as anybody we know knows him, and that's Christopher Gabriel. And always excited to see CG in the KMJ studios. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I'm coming to you uh, from one of our production studios here at KMJ, and I thought it was going to be a quiet day, finishing up, morning, finishing up a couple of, of different things. And then it all started to break loose. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and here's where we're at. And, uh, yes, uh, I've known Kalen, been talking to him on my program for uh, since 2017, when he came to Fresno State as the offensive coordinator for Jeff Tedford, uh, filled that role for a couple of years. Then he went to Indiana. Uh, for Tom Allen, he was the same role there, came back as the head coach here at Fresno State, went 12-6. and six. Uh, One of those years was the COVID year, and then on to, uh, on to uh, the University of Washington. And I guess it was pretty easy for you guys to kind of build a little chemistry, Christopher, from the standpoint that you both kind of spent time in the Dakotas. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he is uh, – we're, we're both Midwesterners, and we both uh, gravitated to each other very quickly. And, and I would say I, I'm always thankful for Kalen that he trusted me early on to always give him a fair shake. And I don't do ambush stuff or what have you. And so we, we bonded pretty closely. He's from Sioux Falls. Oh, well, he's from, uh, he's from a smaller town than Sioux Falls, but he went to the University of Sioux Falls. I lived in Fargo for years. And, uh, you know, a lot, of folks, a lot of folks don't know Kalen was a prolific wide receiver at the University of Sioux Falls. He also punted for them. And his senior year, he batted, I think it was 520 on the baseball team. So he was a great athlete uh, when he was there. But yeah, we, uh, a couple of Midwest guys, uh, a couple of Dakota guys, and uh, have gotten very close over the years. And I, You know, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of Alabama fans, uh, more than I thought, uh, and maybe this speaks to, to them, I, I don't know, but some, I've seen a lot of guys saying things like, well, who who is this? Who is this Kalen DeBoer guy? I'm thinking, do you follow college football? Do, do you, <laughs> did you I'm, did you watch the national championship? Did you watch anything this year to understand who Kalen DeBoer is? You know, guys, uh, none of this surprises any of us here in Fresno. This is a guy who <clears throat> rewrote the record book when he was offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois. He rewrote the record book at Eastern Michigan. He came here, did much the same. 
uh, when he had Jake Hayner. Uh, he, a lot of us thought that Jake Hayner was going to follow him to Washington. And in fact, Jake Hayner, uh, now a backup quarterback on the New Orleans Saints, Jake Hayner initially entered the transfer portal, but then Jeff Tedford, who originally recruited Jake Hayner, got him to stay here. And then all, all Kalen did was go out and get Michael Penix, who uh, you know, was in Indiana, to bring him out there. And we all saw how that worked out. Well, I'm just curious what the reaction is down your way, because there, I've talked to folks today down in Tennessee and elsewhere, and they're saying, well, you know, he's not going to understand this or that. And he's he's going to have problems. Let me tell you something. Kalen DeBoer is going to be a problem uh, in the SEC. Uh, he is, you, you know, him and, and Josh Heupel grew up about 90 minutes from each other. They're friends. How, how crazy is it, guys, that mm. two of the greatest offensive minds in college football are both from South Dakota and both going to be playing each other, hopefully, ah. if the schedule works out, in the SEC? That's just nuts to me. Well, they they may have been friends. I'm not sure if they will still be friends <laughs> yeah, or not. Yeah. If one is at Alabama and one is at Tennessee, I mean, yeah. I, I, if, if if they are friends, they may not be able to admit to it. So we'll see how that <laughs> Don't goes. Don't tell the boosters, right? Oh, well, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. But, um, you talked about you know his ability to identify and and develop quarterbacks with Hainer with Penix. I mean. He's got an interesting, it appears that he's got an interesting situation at quarterback with Jalen Milrow. I mean, how well do you feel like Milrow fits what he likes to do offensively? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I think that Milrow fits the bill for him. I do think that, you know, as we go forward, he's, we're probably going to see Kalen go after uh, guys that maybe fit his bill a little bit more. But what Kalen... Kalen said to me once uh, on my program, he said, if you're a quarterback, and I'm paraphrasing now, but he said, if you're a quarterback that is looking to really pad your stats and have 15 play, 20 play drives, you're probably not the guy for me. And he, and he said, I want a guy that is going to get the ball in the end zone. And I, I don't care how fast we get it there, but I want it to be fast. He wants to extend the field and get it downfield. Now, what we've seen out of Washington recently in the playoffs is we saw some longer drives than you'd normally see. But if you watch Washington all year, you know that that was a prolific offense, a fast striking offense, much like Josh Heupel in 2022. Monday night I think that, yeah, and I, I think that Milrow, he's, he's that kind of quarterback. He likes guys that can move. Uh, he plays at tempo, but for Vols fans, he doesn't play at the tempo, and, and he said this many times to me, he doesn't play at the tempo that Josh Heupel plays. Uh, and what, jo what Kalen, <clears throat> excuse me, what Kalen does really well is, and we see this a little bit with Josh Heupel, but I think Kalen does this a little bit more, guys, is that you'll see uh, Kalen DeBoer shift the tempo. They'll go really fast for two, three, four, five plays, and they'll slow it down for two or three or four plays. That's what he does. He, he does a lot of misdirection. You will see more misdirection, especially in the running game with Kalen DeBoer, than we've seen so far to date with Josh Heupel. Right now, what do we see mostly with Josh? We see that second down run between the tackles. And, and it's, you know, sometimes it's effective, but that's largely what we've seen. We see an occasional jet sweep. You'll see a lot more of that, especially at Alabama uh, with Kalen DeBoer going down there. You're going you're gonna to see similarities to, uh, to the offenses that you've seen 
uh, out of uh, out of Nick Saban teams. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see more offense at Alabama. What they were like when Lane Kiffin was with Nick Saban. Jalen Milrow may be a quarterback that Kalen DeBoer likes, but I got a feeling that number three quarterback in the country. Julian saying out of Carlsbad, California, is going to have an opportunity to play in Kalen DeBoer's system pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You know, that that opens up a door, a doorway to talk a little bit more about what Kalen is as a recruiter, because what I've seen online today is a lot of folks that are very misinformed about Kalen DeBoer and what he can and can't do. Well, I heard Kalen can't really recruit the state of Washington. Last time I checked, fellas, the state of Washington is not a massive producer of Division One football talent. That's <laughs> uh, probably it, a good thing. It, yeah, well, it, it, exactly. Yeah, because he doesn't need it. Right, exactly. Because Kalen, you know, Kalen has recruited California. He's recruited the Midwest when he was at Indiana. Uh, Kalen is Kalen can recruit, and make no mistake about it. And I, I think what's going to be interesting is to see if his longtime closest friend. Uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb comes with him because he's been with him at most stops. Uh, that was a, that was his first move when he got to Seattle, bringing Ryan Grubb with him. And, and I think that Ryan Grubb has been talked about as a possible successor to there. That, to me, would be the one reason that Ryan Grubb wouldn't accompany him to Tuscaloosa. You'll recall that Nick Saban tried to get Ryan Grubb to come down there. there and the reason – and these, this is, these are guys who are loyal to players – the reason Ryan Grubb didn't go to Nick Saban's staff is he had spent a lot of time talking Michael Penix into staying and not entering the draft. You know, Michael Penix mm. had a lot of injuries. But Ryan Grubb came out and said, how can I – and how often do you hear this from college coaches, guys? How can I talk to Michael Penix and a couple other guys about the value of loyalty and about the value of staying, and then I leave? And he stayed. Uh, so, so what you're going to see with Kalen is a guy that really knows how to recruit, he is, he is a better person than he is a coach, and, I, and I'm somebody who's, you know, I mean, it's not, <clears throat> it's not like him and I are going out and we were here for having beers. That's not the kind of friendship we have, but we certainly have a friendship. As great a coach as he is, though, he's a better person. He is the guy for all the folks who are saying, well, he, he doesn't know Alabama. Alabama is going to get to know him very quickly. And let me just point out, I'm a, t I'm a Tennessee fan, right? I gotta, I'm looking at the camera. I was here. wondering if this was going to challenge your allegiances. Well, no, it will not. Uh, okay. I, 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 I wish the Kalen has a beautiful family. I wish the very best for him there, and, and I wish success for him, except when he plays Tennessee. Uh, I, I, I want none of that. I want none of that. Uh, but Just wanted to make sure. Oh, no, no. Listen, right, I, I'm looking at the camera the wrong way. This is it right here, baby. But mm -hmm. he is a guy, he knows how to do the caravans. He knows how to do the shopping mall, and he knows how to kiss babies and talk, but he's not, he's not phony, fellas. And, and that's the thing that people down there are going to realize really quickly. This is a born and raised South Dakotan. And if you know anything about that part of the country, that is a blue-collar, hardworking, depend on your neighbor, work within your community, and help other communities when they are in an ice storm, when power is out, when you need somebody to help shovel your driveway. I'm not being flippant. These are legitimate, real things that you deal with when you grew up in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and so on. And he is very much that guy who is, what do you need from me? Can I help you today? 
That's who Kalen DeBoer is. He is one hell of a guy. And, and I'm listen, on a certain level, I hate that he's going to Alabama. I I, you know, I, I, I was praying that, that he would stay in Seattle. And I, I was saying things like, how do you trade Seattle for Tuscaloosa? Come on. But, you know, it's, it's a premier job. Well, then, then Barbecue, again, baby. Barbecue. Barbecue, baby. Well, you know, he can stop at Dreamland Barbecue in Birmingham and just, you know, maybe stay mm. there and then go back to Seattle. But, uh, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a point that I've, I've discussed on the air here. Alabama is a, is a premier destination. Well, it was under Nick Saban. I don't know that it's going to be as premier yet with uh, Kalen DeBoer getting there until he proves his worth. And the, the concern for Kalen, if we kind of take the devil's advocate road here, guys, is as soon as Kalen, if he loses a game, everybody loses, right? As soon as he loses a game that he's he not supposed to lose. Of it. No, he hasn't. I mean, he's, a, he's 104 and 12. 104 and 12. Uh, <laughs> as soon as he loses a game that he's not supposed to, I mean, the folks are going to be coming out of the woods in Muscle Shoals. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be absolutely crazy. No. One thing about his record, fellas, a, a lot of folks talk about the 67-3 and three that he uh, uh, accomplished at the University of Sioux Falls, winning three NAIA national championships. And, and it kind of makes me chuckle because folks will say, well, he did it at NAIA. That's right, he did. Nobody else was doing that at NAIA. <laughs> you, you know, you're playing – level talent there and he was kicking the you know what out of everybody the guy is a winner so here so, he's a go ahead sorry josh pate late kick josh cbs yeah said sure. a, a coach told him quote consider how many times he's won with the second best roster on the field <laughs> yeah uh, huh. yeah i, I mean and in alabama he's gonna have the, the best, best roster, roster more times than not, <laughs> at least for the next couple of years. I've spent a lot of time in, in Seattle over the years, and they have phenomenal facilities there. They, I mean, Husky Stadium is fantastic. They've gone through a full renovation. I mean, just it's a beautiful facility, great football training facilities. It's as gorgeous a location as you could possibly want. Uh, it, they recruit themselves now that the program's back. We'll see where the program goes. But now the thing that should concern SEC fans it, this is, folks, this is, he's not Brian Harson. Okay, Brian Harson did well at Boise State, but Brian Harson, and I said this on as many shows that would have me, and a bunch did when he got down to Auburn. Brian Harson, with all due respect to the man, was in over his head. Kalen DeBoer is not in over his head when you look at the steps he's made. But the thing that concerns me is the doorway you were opening, and that is you look at what he did. As head coach at Fresno State, where the people he was bringing in, then what he did with a, a lousy Washington team, and all he does is go up there and go, uh, what, 25, 20, what was it? I have it right here, 25, 25 and three. And, and now he's going to go to a school that has an even bigger athletic budget, an even bigger recruiting budget, better facilities for football, and it's Alabama, for heaven's sake. It's, it's Bear Bryant. It's Nick Saban. And, and now... I mean, the sky's the limit. He's going to be able to bring in guys that were coming to Washington and make them go there. You hope, as a Tennessee fan, that the Vols can pick off some of the guys that were going to go to Alabama. But it's a scary premise, the possibilities for him when he gets there. But again, he doesn't know the culture of the SEC. There's going to be a learning curve because, for, in my book, there's no conference that is harder to get acclimated to as an outsider as the SEC. But this is a guy who's been around football 
for in terms of as a as a coach as a coordinator for you know 25 close to 30 years 30 years or so he's no dummy he's not taking this job and, and going in like wow look at this look at the statues that's not him that's not him he will hit well, the ground running and it's going to be scary with him there go ahead chris as long as we've all been around sports we've all heard you don't want to be the guy after the guy. Nick Saban is definitely the guy in yeah. college football, certainly at Alabama. I mean, what type? I'm sure oh, Kalen DeBoer has heard that as he, well. And he has an office inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, yeah, in I mean, case y'all hadn't worked. Yeah, so, yeah I, I, mean, I heard that. How, how, how do you feel like that works, especially with the guy Looking inside, over your shoulder. Inside Bryant Navy Stadium. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think those are very real concerns because th it's not like he's going to Valhalla, right? I mean, he's going to one of the great jobs in college football. Alabama is positioned very well. He made the, you know, the semifinals again this year, obviously. Came up short against Michigan. So what are the negatives? Well, the negatives are, you know, Nick and, and, and you know, for all we know, Miss Terry, she's going to get an office too at this point. Uh, you know, they're down the hall. Nick's going to pop in. And, and give advice, uh, and I'm sure that Kalen, the way he is, Kalen's not going to reject right advice from Nick, but I, I think the concern is going to be, uh, when, like I said, when you lose a game or two, that's when that comes into play, being the guy who follows the guy, because you're right, nobody wants to be that guy. Look at Tennessee. I mean, Phil Fulmer was the guy. He trailed off for the last six or seven years. I mean, I think the down the downward trend with the Vols for me began in the second half of the 2001 SEC championship yes. game against LSU. Although uh, we then, did play for an SEC title we in did. 2007. We, we definitely did. People forget that. Yeah, but, but there's downswings. You know, when Barry Switzer retired for 10 years, they were five games over 500, three coaches, and then Bob Stoops got there. When John Robinson retired, USC went 18 years without doing anything uh, of significant uh, uh, nature. So, I think there's going to be a little bit of that. I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of pressure with the Alabama fan base, and I think that's that's where this comes into play, being the guy after the guy. But if he comes in, fellas, and and he has an 11 and one year or a 10 and two year, and being that the playoff is expanded and Alabama gets to the playoffs and Alabama gets to the to the final four, as it were, folks are going to be happy. But then if he doesn't win it all, then they're going to be furious. They're going to be out of their minds. They're going to be calling you guys up saying, what's going on? Why did they hire this knucklehead from uh, somewhere in Canada? It's like, no, it's South Dakota. <laughs> you know, well, it, it's interesting you say that because I do think that I think Alabama fans understand football enough to know that the expectation can't be the same. I do think they put, they feel like, they should be in contention for the college football playoff year in and year out, no matter who the football coach is. And I get that, but I also don't think they're going, I mean, they also know that Nick Saban hasn't won a national championship since 2020. And I think that's, that, that's a part of it. I mean, it's been, it's been three seasons since yeah. he's even won. Yeah, this one. guy's washed up. So maybe, you know, <laughs> and then on top of that, you, you know, one of the things that Saban does for you is help keep those players. This man showed up to work at 6.30 the day after he retired and started calling recruits to keep them, you know, on, on, on target for the University of Alabama. So, he, I mean, 
it's it's still the University of Alabama, man. And but I do think the expectation level is probably not quite as high for Kalen DeBoer necessarily as it would be for Nick Saban. Uh, the the parallel that I see here, and I'm going to go back a little bit, and it, it's it's a little bit extreme. But when John Wooden retired, because you know Wooden won his what ten, eleven titles, whatever, and the what happened? I was living in L.A. at the time, and um, not not at seventy five, but in in eighty and on. And what happened with the UCLA fan base is they had gotten so accustomed to winning, and obviously John Wooden won more than Nick Saban, not by much, but he was pr- prolific. We all the three of us know that. But UCLA fans, they were livid. You had G, you had uh, Gary Cunningham and Gene Bartow, and finally Larry Brown came in. But th- they went through coaches just expecting. We are UCLA. We we win titles. The only banners we hang in Pauley Pavilion are the, the national, national championship. championship. That's all we hang. You got you got the men's banners and you got the one women's banner when they were in the AIAW. So I think there's I do think you're right that Alabama fans are are certainly the base on the whole is is I mean it's a smart enough base that they're going to understand that the expectations have to shift a little bit early on. But I think there's probably an element of the base as well probably bigger than maybe we want to admit to, or maybe we, we do want to admit to it, that is going to think we're Alabama. All we do is win. And this Kalen DeBoer came in, and we went 10-2, and two, and we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Get him out of here. There's going to be that element there. We all know that. But I, I think they're going to have to adjust the frequency like we used to do on old AM radios. You know, they're going to have to remember do Mike Shula, baby. Yeah, Just remember that's, that's Mike it. Shula. That, that's that's the, that's what you got to do. Mike Shula, Mike DeBose. I just, Mike I DeBose, just hope, yeah. I just, well, Mike DeBose at least won the SEC title. Uh, and, oh, and yeah. beat Florida twice. It was, you know, yeah. it's a whole big deal. Uh, did <laughs> lose to Tom Brady, though, so there's that. I just hope that, you know, this hire is better than the last one they made from a University of Washington. Tell Kalen to stay out of Pensacola. It's not okay. a good idea. And Mike Price can tell him why. Let me tell you a, a quick story. Uh, I, I got an exclusive with Kalen before the year started. I think you both have heard it. Uh, 30 minutes with him back in August. And near the end of the interview, the conversation, I don't like calling him interview. Near the end of the conversation, we were talking about what a great home field advantage Husky Stadium is. It's one of the most deafening places in college football. And I, and I asked him, what are some of the places that, that are the best that you've uh, played in or, or coached in? And he mentioned a few. And, I, and then I jumped in with Neyland Stadium. And he jumped in and goes, CG, I knew you were going to mention Neyland Stadium. He goes, I haven't been there yet, but one of these days I'm going to get there to see a game. Yes, he's going to get there, not to yes, see he, a game, yep. but he's going to get there. Yeah, well, my, my goal with Kalen, I, I know he's going to be swamped with interviews. I mean, everybody and their mother and grandmother are going to be coming at him. I'm going to try to wait till around after the spring game. Uh, to, to get him back on my program, to get an extended conversation with him uh, and just talk a little bit. Because like I said, we, I've been ha- we've had conversations uh, literally uh, seven, oh, going on seven years now. I don't expect that to change. I might have to go through a few more hoops with the fine folks in Tuscaloosa, but I will do that uh, to get Kaylin back on the program. His daughter plays softball, and I wonder if I she's going to end say, up. I was going to say, is she going to go? Uh, I would think so. I mean, that, that was one of the mitigating factors, uh, as I was told by my, uh, one of my sources up in Seattle, that that was a that was a big factor, but obviously Alabama has a, a really good softball program, so you know that that went out the window. And so. she doesn't have to play softball in East Lansing. Well, that's a plus, right? I mean, that's <laughs> she that, can play for, softball in for, the South. 
for so many reasons. That's exactly right. I, I have to tell you, I, I kept thinking, I was hoping, because I was asked, by, I must have had, if, that, if I had 100, I had more than that, people asking me what I thought. And I'm saying, you know, Kalen hasn't returned to Texas in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, he's busy. He's got more important things to do than talk to me. But um, I, I did hope that everything that was going on with Alabama, that it was just leverage for him to stay there. And Washington doesn't pay coaches eight, nine million dollars, but they offered to double the salary. There was going to be huge bonuses. And obviously, Kalen just felt like, you know, this, listen, th this kind of an opportunity doesn't come along that often. And I would say, and I've said this to him uh, privately as well and, and, and publicly, uh, that when you look at the trajectory of his coaching career as a quarterback's coach, as an offensive coordinator, everything that he's done, every place that he's been, now that you kind of piece it all together, fellas, you can see the evolution was going to end at a place like this. But I thought the place like this was Washington. That's what I thought it was going to be. I just never thought it was going to be Alabama. And it's funny because I had some folks, some uh, radio hosts down your way, uh, down in Louisiana and a couple in Florida and Georgia saying, well, what do you think? Is there any chance that he's going to look to go to the NFL? I was like, no, not a chance. He, he may want to do that someday, but that is not where he's at right now somebody said to me guaranteed cg he's taking the seahawks job as a guaranteed he's not uh he's not, he's not gonna take mate now maybe pete carroll gets a call pete from the takes you know yeah yeah that you never know that might happen but uh i i hope you guys have a chance to talk to him sometime to um uh talk to kaylin because he he really is uh, he's a great guy and, uh, you know, I mean, I've always thought that he had great critical thinking skills, and now he's going to Alabama, for heaven's sakes. I just, I, 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 just, I don't know. I, I tell you, CG, any help you can give us in setting that conversation up would be much appreciated. Well, just as soon as he talks to me first, and then, uh, sure. and then we'll go. <laughs> Sounds good. October 19th, September 28th, he's going to have his first home game in Alabama against the University of Georgia. I would How about that? Point his first home game is against the University of Georgia. <laughs> first oh my! Uh, you, you, there, there are going to be guys, and you know, ha I've said this to you before. Half my family is from the South, so I feel okay doing this with you. But you just know that there's going to be folks down there from Mobile and Montgomery. Be like that, that guy, that DeBoer, whatever the heck his name. He better beat them dogs, or he's going to have a problem with me. You know, you, exactly. just, you, just, you just know that's coming. You're I've heard right. some grandmas talk just like that. And then, like you said, October nineteenth, man the the third Saturday in October. I'm go. coming in. Yeah, I'm he, coming in for that game. So he, I'm he gets to see do, do Neyland get, Stadium. Do you get uh, complimentary tickets from in the Alabama section from Kevin uh, DeBoer for that? I would reject those, and uh, I I would reject those instantly. I will be somewhere else. I will not be sitting in any section that has anything remotely close to crimson. That's for I sure. Hear you. <laughs> Christopher Gabriel, we appreciate your time and your insight into Kalen DeBoer. It's very very interesting, and we love we, we love talking to you, man. We Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you guys. I appreciate the invite. Uh, be well. Best to your families, and we'll, we will talk soon. Sounds good, CG. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before we get out of Nick Saban, I have one question. In Tuscaloosa, what gets renamed with the name Saban? It's not the stadium, I don't think. You don't think? No. What, Brian, Brian Denny BDS Stadium? What? 
I don't know. You've already got Denny Chimes. You could take Dr. Denny's name off. Bryant Saban Stadium? Nick Saban Field? Is there a Nick, Nick, Nick Saban Field at Bryant Denny Stadium? That's solid. Who is there an indoor? There's an indoor facility. Is it named? Does it have a name? Yeah, but I don't think that's that. That's you're not talking enough. About, you're talking about the perhaps the greatest coach of all time. Nick Saban Field at Bryant Denny. Does anybody even know that Bobby Bowden Field at Doak Walker exists? Doak Campbell. Doak Campbell. I mean Doak Walker. I didn't. See what I mean? No. The field's not enough for Nick Saban. Mm, well, I think you got to. I think you got to take Dr. Denny's name off the off the stadium. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but he's the greatest coach of all time. Hey, it ain't Something's me. getting named Saban. It, it ain't me. You got to convince somebody or somebody's in Tuscaloosa. Mick McFarland is no longer McFarland. Second Boulevard, Saban Drive. Yeah. Well, you've got Paul Bryant Jr. Drive or what? Paul Bryant Drive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. oh man, let's take a break. I'm sure it's a thought that somebody's having. Is having, yeah. Let's take a break. NFL. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Gerard Mayo. We've already talked a little bit about it, but um, playoffs start tomorrow. So let's get into it. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yow, Mo Patton. It's a Friday final segment of the week as we are looking ahead to the NFL playoffs. 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 This is going to be fun. One, my Super Bowl pick's still in it. Who did you pick? Do you remember? I don't. I have to go back. I think I picked. I think I picked the Eagles and the Chiefs. You may not let J.K. go back and find that since he's done such a great yeah. job with college football <laughs> picks. Um, I'm a little bothered. I mean, I think I've got Peacock, but I'm a little bothered by this Dolphins Chiefs game being Peacock only on Saturday night. Well. At negative 30 wind chill for the game, I will make a point to find it. Happy <laughs> The Dolphins playing in negative 30 is going to be hilarious. Tyreek Hill is going to be out there. Again, Tyreek Hill back to Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. What year is Tyreek Hill? It's not Arrowhead anymore. Whatever. It is. It's Do y'all know, right. know what year Tyreek Hill is in? I swear, it feels like first year still. Mm, this is his Six. second. Oh, oh, <laughs> overall, this is second hey, year in Miami. Six so, years? That's, that's feel, Chris's guess. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that he knows that. I don't know that, to be honest with you. But It's uh, just how athletic he is. Like, we don't even know how like if he's aging ever. <laughs> okay, so I went and tried to go to his wiki, and it took me to his IMDb. His IMDb? I didn't know he had one. 2016 draft pick out of West Alabama, the Tigres out of Livingston. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was close. Six years, right? Well, I figured he had to have a he had to have a rookie contract, and then he signed a contract after his rookie deal to go to – the Dolphins, so mm -hmm. I knew it had to be somewhere in six or seven. Mm -hmm. Deductive reasoning, I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was it was an educated guess at least, <laughs> just for nothing else. <laughs> My Cowboys are still in it here. I don't know if uh, if they're gonna get there, but Dak Prescott certainly has given them an opportunity. So I'm looking forward to it. But let's uh, let's let's take a look at these again. Three thirty, NBC, Peacock, and Telemundo. You can see. <laughs> You can see the Browns at the Texans, 11-6. and six. Joe Flacco led Cleveland going down to Houston to take on D'Amico Ryans and, and, and Houston. D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, who are Stroud. the first – I think I – let me get this right. The first, first year 
African-American head coach quarterback com- combo to make the playoffs in NFL history. Well, who's going to win? And these are not against the spread, by the way. I, the spreads in the NFL are so close, it's pick I'm I'm going to have a tough time picking against the Texans at home, but if anybody can do it, the way Flacco has been playing here of late makes me makes my pick of the Texans an uncomfortable one. How's it? I think Houston wins it. I, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna agree, but the Browns are favored by two and a half points. Mm. So take that. However you will. Justin? Uh, well, I'm going to go with, and this is either going to be a part of that video clip or it's going to be spot on. I think the Browns are going to go wipe the absolute floor with the Texans. They ain't ready. And Miles Garrett's going to have a day. Now, here's the thing. Justin is such a Titans fan that he's going really to have a tough it. time picking any other AFC South team to have any kind of success. But but I get it. I understand. That does have to be. I'm that way about a few teams as well. But, yeah, I, I like Houston in this. Who did you pick? Did you pick? I picked Houston. Okay. Uh, Dolphins at Chiefs. I, look, they've not beaten a team with a winning record yet, so why start now? <laughs> yeah, let's be real, guys. Let's be real. And and I think you hit on a point. I mean, Miami, what's it supposed to be? Minus five? Yeah, minus 30 with the windshield. Hold on. Minus 30 with a windshield. And that's what it feels Whew. like. I don't, I don't need to know what the temperature says. Oh. I need to know what it's what it feels like. like. Here you go. How low does it get in Miami? Hawaii's, the, the Hawaiian gunslinger to a tongue of Aloha ain't going to have a good time in minus No, 30, so. I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely 1,000% Chiefs for me, too. 7-10 on Peacock, by the way. <laughs> on Sunday, CBS, Paramount Plus, 12 noon, Steelers at the Bills. Ooh, this will be a crazy game, I think. Weirder than we think. I, I think it comes down to how much you believe in Mason Rudolph. Or how much you believe in Josh Allen. Or Mike Tomlin. Who has improved, by the way, throughout the year. Needed to. He had, well, he didn't have much, he didn't have much way to go, other than up. I As say the Bills cur- said, straight up or sideways. <laughs> I say the Bills curse lives on. Mike Tomlin gets it done for the first round of the playoffs. Maybe not the second there, round, but the first there round. There you of the go. I, I think he gets it done. I, I am inclined to pit, to pick Pittsburgh as well, just because. Josh Allen has improved, but Josh Allen has enough of that gunslinger mentality in him that he's he'll throw he's going to throw ball. one to you at some point. I think yep. now what happens once he does is what matters. But I, I like Pittsburgh here. I'm going to go Bills. Uh, Three thirty on Fox. Packers at the Cowboys. Obviously, Oof. I'm picking the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys are going to at least make the Super Bowl. Of course, the 49ers have already beaten their brains in, so mm-hmm. who knows? Who you got, J.K.? 
Uh, I'm going to go 49ers because I don't no, I don't no, 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 like, no, 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 no. Cowboys, no. Packers. Cowboys, Packers. Packers. 49ers, 49ers aren't playing this weekend. Yeah, they're the ones. My fault, yeah. my fault. Uh, my fault. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys. I think Jordan Love, moment's too big for him. Mm. Just this time around. Just this time around. I think I think he'll be back, and I think that he'll be crazy, crazy good next year. But this time, just, nah. This game puts me on the horns of a dilemma. Yeah, because you want to pick the Cowboys you think they're going to win, but if you don't pick the Packers, what happens when you get home? What does happen when I get home? (laughs) That's that's the real question. What does happen when I get home? Um, I do think Jordan Love has played some of his best football down the stretch, so having seen quite a bit. A bit. So, yeah, I would agree. I'm I'm gonna take Green Bay, and hopefully, it will be appreciated. <laughs> Sunday night football on NBC, Peacock, and Universo at 7:15. I still want to watch it. The 10 and 7 Rams are at the 12 and 5 Lions. Lions home playoff game. How about that, folks? How about that, man? I just hate that it's the Rams. Well, mm-hmm. I still think I st- Matthew Stafford going back into Ford Field. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I feel like they're going to be a little torn. Oh, did they banned Stafford jerseys. Did Stafford they? line jerseys, they banned them from the stadium. Are you serious? So really? Like, no, they I just – yeah. like, sorry, buddy. You know, we yeah. love you for what you did, but business is business. Yep, there we go. <laughs> no, nothing personal. Strictly business. business. All right, I'm going with the Lions. Got 40 seconds. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, Rams. I'm gonna go Lions. And 7:15 on Monday. Obviously, Monday Night Football. ESPN, ABC, ESPN two, ESPN plus, ESPN Deportes. Eagles at Buccaneers. I'm going Bucks. Eagles, right? Yeah, it, I think so. Bucks. You're going Bucks. Dude, they're, cracking, they're cracking. They're cracking. Hey, you're a Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he is. Ride or die. <laughs> so I hear you. Well. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Main Street Sports today. We'll be back Monday at 2 o'clock, Mo. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.